Hey, what's up everybody? This is Francisco here, catching you guys with another episode of Sports Goofs. Episode 8, including my good friends Andrew and Charles. Say hello guys. Hi everybody. You go first, Charles. <laughs> gotcha to it. That, gotcha was, to that it. was very, very coordinated, guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm just going to warn everybody in advance who's watching. All three of us are in different locations, so you're probably gonna, we're going to probably have a lot of overlap. That's because I'm I'm actually contagious right now. I'm sick, so I didn't want to get anybody else sick. Uh, and Charles is about 100 miles away, just to avoid right. getting sick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've got uh, a lot of games out on tap for today. I counted about 95 just across the NHL, NBA. Men's and women's basketball and the G League, if you're into that. The AHL's not playing today because I think they play every other day. Their schedule's kind of weird. Um, and then there might be some college hockey or something going on. But lots of stuff happened over the past week since our last episode. College football playoff is set. Bowl games are set. Urban Meyer is running away again. Uh, the hey, NFL... Shane. He's retiring, uh, but we'll just say he's trying to avoid legal troubles um, like he did at UF. And uh, anytime I can knock you off, I'll do it. NFL, Mike McCarthy is gone from Green Bay. Kareem Hunt was a thing. And the Dolphins are still terrible, even though they won their game. <laughs> Fred Hoiberg out in the NBA was fired by the Bulls. The NHL, Seattle is in. Their 32nd team is uh, is set. And the Seattle Mariners out in baseball have decided to blow it all up. So lots of uh, lots of things happened. Uh, and we have our usual segments, word from our non-sponsors, players we forgot that we remember. And uh, actually a topic that I wanted to get personally from you guys that we didn't talk about last time was the sporting event that made us most angry as a fan. Okay? Mm-hmm. So just, you know, start thinking about it. I think Charles already told me what his is, and then uh, we'll get to it somewhere along the segment. But I think I want to start with the National Hockey League having its 32nd team. Uh, It was announced today. Seattle uh, by far has blown away the NHL with their expansion bid. They got all the season ticket deposits. And they're going to use the, I guess, I don't know if it's still called the Key Arena, but the former home of the Supersonics is getting renovated to basically be a brand new building in a sense. So that's where they will be playing. And the idea as well for Seattle is that it'll lure the NBA back to Seattle. So maybe the NBA expands. So uh, I don't know. Who wants to go first? uh, Their thoughts on Seattle? Uh, I guess I'll begin. Um, it, it was pretty much inevitable. <laughs> this was no surprise. Every, I think pretty much everyone saw this coming. I, I, would you guys agree? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, Seattle's been really, really pushing this. And, I mean, normally I'd say, what's the point of having two pro teams in the same sport in the same city because Seattle already has the Thunderhawks of the CHL I believe and I figure why well, have two but there are a lot of cities 
in the NHL for some reason that have multiple teams. You've got uh, Winnipeg, which has the Jets and also the Manitoba Moose. You have Toronto with the Maple Leafs and the Marlies. So yeah, even San Jose has a AHL team playing in the same arena. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. San Jose and Winnipeg both have their minor league affiliates playing in their arena. So hey, Mikey. So uh, Mike, we're not playing tonight actually because Mr. Francisco here is sick. I so. am contagious, but I've got the game so, on actually. So um, I don't want to watch the Gators. <laughs> so uh let's pick some teams here this is actually college football usa 97 for the sega genesis it also released on the super nintendo so uh we actually can look at some uh some old logos here pixel art and that was uh, just a shout out to one of our followers on our discord who yeah. suggested this game to and us, on so twitch thank you to them yep so uh let's see random teams guys who do you want? Notre Dame. They're I mean, in the playoffs. Obviously, I would say go for UCF. But are they in this game? Probably. Let's see. UCF. Uh, you guys uh, are not in the playoff, but we'll get to that later. Uh, let's see. We've got ah, there they are. They're right there. Okay. And just for Charles, we'll get uh, we'll get the good old U for him. You right. me so well. Yeah, so 60 Ooh. minutes. We'll put them out in the rain. Uh, and and that's it. So we'll have that game running in the background. All right, sorry, Andrew, for interrupting you, but you can keep going. It's all right. I mean, I'm glad to see it. I mean, I'm a big – Seattle is one of my favorite cities. I have family lives out there, and I've been there once. And – it's a great city, personally. I like it, so it's nice to have a team out there. And I know the the guy from Aesthetics, which is... Do you guys know that site? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know I do. Right. Aesthetics is the... Well, it's a play on Aesthetics, and it's kind of all things NHL uniform. And I know the guy who runs that, I believe, I'm pretty sure he lives out in Seattle, even though that he's a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So I'm sure he'll be happy to have a, a, a team out there. So, But, I mean, I don't think they'll be the 32nd team for long. Uh, I mean, I'll go back to the idea that you've had for a long time, Francisco, that uh, at least two of the teams should merge yeah um it's kind of an idea i know a lot of panthers fans don't agree with me on it but it's my opinion for making the franchise strong and also the nhl strong my proposal and i'll just lay it out here because i was going to do a separate video on it but i'll just put it out here is to merge the florida panthers with the arizona coyotes what would essentially happen is that It'll be just like when the NHL merged the Cleveland Barons with the Minnesota North Stars. Yes, you'll lose. I think they lost Cleveland as the as the as the franchise, but you'll strengthen another one, which was Minnesota, uh, because of that merger. The the North Stars, even though they later moved to Dallas, they at least got another twelve years of life to to that franchise, which allowed them to at least make two more Stanley Cup appearances 
or there are only two Stanley Cup appearances. And because of the fact that they merged, it infused that Minnesota franchise with really good players that it, it led them to their first Stanley Cup berth. Uh, so I would say the same thing would happen with the Panthers. You would have an, a very generous uh, merger draft where the Panthers would grab the best of their current roster along with uh, the Coyotes roster. So they'll be getting Oliver ekman Larson. They'll get uh, Ranta as a goaltender. And they'll just have this, this, this hybrid super team in a sense. It would create a super team because there's a lot of talent on both squads. It allowed them to cut the fat from their, you know, uh, lesser players who would get drafted, who would be dispersed among the other uh, now 31 NHL teams. So that would erase Arizona. Uh, which, I, which is unfortunate because I know some people may not agree with me, but I love their original Kachina logos. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still... Uh, they're still kind of in the literally in the desert trying to find a new arena deal or something like that uh, out in Phoenix. Maybe they'll share with the Suns. If they get that done, they, it'll save the franchise at least if they, they can build a new arena in Phoenix with the Suns. If I can interject really Or quick, Arizona he, State. I don't know what the coach of Miami was thinking, but he did. He attempted a looks like I think about a 50-yard field goal over 50 yards. I don't know what they were thinking. It might be Mark Richt. Uh, <laughs> he has no confidence in his quarterbacks. Um, and, and then uh, back, back to it. So Arizona's has been weak for a while. So have the Panthers. Uh, it would actually benefit the NHL having a strong South Florida franchise. South Florida is still, I think, mm. technically a bigger market than the Arizona market, and it would open up another slot for one more expansion team, which could go to uh, most likely a Western team because Arizona would be gone, and that would probably open up to Houston because the Houston Rockets owner owns the uh, at least or has uh, control of the Toyota Center out there, and he's already willing to write the check to have a franchise out in um, out in Houston. Now. Another thing that happened with this expansion is that the Coyotes, once Seattle comes in, the Coyotes will move from the Pacific Division out to the Central Division, which would create 16, which would create four divisions in the NHL with eight teams each. Uh, the Coyotes will play with the Blackhawks and the, and the Predators. But Phoenix is all the way, or really um, Glendale, is all the way out west, um, not Pacific time because Arizona has that weird they don't follow daylight savings time thing. <laughs> but um, what would happen is it's it's perfect for if the Coyotes do fail, the Houston owner could probably purchase them and relocate them to Houston. It'll be right in the Central Division. They'll have a natural rival with the Dallas Stars, and and the NHL will be like, all right, cool. We solved that issue, um, and then the Panthers will be still weak, and uh, unfortunately, it would still open up a spot. Let's say if the Panthers really do fail, can move up to Quebec, and it's still aligned well for time zone stuff. So, I know I'd love to see the NHL go back to Quebec City, but hopefully, they don't, and not at the expense of Florida. Uh, I don't know, Charles. I know you're not a big hockey guy. You're kind of more uh, sitting back from this, but. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll just kind of interplay a little bit to the idea of the merger. If it's best for the league, then it's best for business, and that's the mantra that I think you get a lot of out of a lot of modern day uh, leagues. I mean, the NBA kind of did it with the politics behind the Seattle Super uh, SuperSonics. That's how we got to Oklahoma. You've seen it happen on the little things, such as the Houston Astros were a National League team that got sent to the American League because of strength of competition, then realignment, and it could help out. You know, I mean, the merger itself isn't a bad idea, but can you can you find a deal that works for both owners and both cities? I mean, what, someone's going to lose out. It that's, would benefit that's the, the Panthers the yeah, most. That is the issue. You yeah, make and, a good point. And yeah, because here's the thing: you're talking about marketability, you're talking about merchantability. You look at the uh, the Super Sonics when they left to Oklahoma, they still had KD. They got Russ. It was easy to create that new city because you could at least have the market that came to it. Um, so you were going to get some revenue in there. I, I, I mergers help out, but the way of the future, I guess, is the expansions. Um, going into that, you know, this is a good opportunity for Seattle. One to kind of put eyes back on them as they're looking as a city, and then you know, say Washington looking for to bring back the Supersonics, come home, whatever the way they can. And then two, you know, they have a longevity with the Seahawks, but how long is that going to last? So to bring in a new exciting team in hockey, which in that region I'm sure would succeed, as opposed to the downfalls that happen in Florida or Arizona. And then more importantly, you look at the success of the Golden Knights, which may have been one-hit wonders. I know they're not doing that well now, but look how far they went. That That's going to get a lot of new people in Vegas to kind of say, hey, we have a sport to get behind on. That creates a lot of you know seats you know to be filled with people and then the merchandise. Right. So looking at it from a business standpoint, the idea of expansion, I bet plus 32 teams. Hey, guess what that means? 16 on the west, 16 on the east, let's do it. Um, it would probably be best for hockey. Do you think, actually, um, speaking about the Supersonics, do you think, because this this whole thing with the Seattle NHL thing actually rolls into the NBA because now does that allow the NBA to look at it and be like, okay, we can expand, like the NHL's expanded to 32, just like, you know, the NFL's been 32 for a while. Do you think the NBA is going to be starting to look at, hey, maybe we can add two more teams too? I think this is the hottest time to be a basketball fan or a businessman in basketball, and it's because now you're getting more competition. The last four or five years, we've had the two super teams in Cleveland and the Golden State Warriors. Now the contracts are coming up, so it brings back that parity. So the idea is more teams, more money, more advertisement, let's do it. Where they do it is a difficult question. I think one of the suggestions people might make would be, you know, they might see like the big metropolitan areas. Don't be surprised if you get New York gets a name in there because God knows there are the few states that have like three teams for every you know sport to add on because what you have the Nets and you have uh, the Knicks why not add the Buffalo whatever right right but I, I can see them because you know plus you have to think you have new commissioners coming in you got Adam Silver David Stern had the ship for a long time he's caring about the marketability you know he wants his players to go there it depends on the CBA so it gets a little complicated but I think they want to sink their teeth in it and then of course the Supersonics have some legacy. Let me give you an example of why they'd be looking for it. Look at what happened with the Charlotte Hornets. Once the name came up, you know, Jordan's like, we're bringing this back. When they, they used to be the Charlotte Bobcats, they were atrocious. It was a dumb name to begin with, so they got <laughs> reflective of the organization of the record. But, you know, when they had the opportunity, you get the nostalgia, you get the people back. And then the New Orleans Pelicans, because they had a good owner in Tom Benson, 
and Mickey Loomis overseeing that ship was able to right the ship. They had a couple of star players. Um, and here's the truth, too. I think you have a big chance to succeed if you're expanding for the bas- basketball teams. Why? Because there is talent to build on in free agency and in the draft. So I, I think it will be a much faster process compared to the Houston Texans when they first came out, and it was just um, David Carr getting sacked every game and destroyed, and they were behind the franchise for 10 years until you got the Gary Kubiaks and the Bill O'Briens to help lead them to the playoffs. Right. And look at Houston. Well, it took a while for Houston. Uh, they're actually awesome this year, finally. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the NBA. I think it's great for the NBA. They, a homecoming to Seattle would be great. They're going to probably do the same thing they did with Charlotte with the whole history thing where they were the Hornets and then they became the Bobcats and then the quote-unquote expansion franchise happened out in freaking New Orleans that was also called the Hornets and then they became the Pelicans and then the Hornets kind of, oh, we're going to be the Bobcats no more and we're going to have all the history from back then. They're going to, I think the NBA will do the same thing with Seattle and they'll fix that whole thing with Oklahoma City, give them some draft picks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, 32 teams in Major League Baseball because thir- Major League Baseball is 30 teams right now. We know Montreal is probably vying for a team, but I don't even know what the other city would be in baseball. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna expand, you make it even, right? Um, that always it's more logical, in my opinion, than just kind of building it year by year. Montreal Expos is definitely something that's wanted, mm-hmm. um, but so you kind of have to look at the places they're gonna bring in. I mean. Jersey itself, you know, tiny state might not bring in everything, but remember they might be looking for something because they were the New Jersey Nets for the longest time. And then once, once, you know, they went over to Brooklyn, you know, they, they lost out on every kind of sports venue they have there. So maybe that's a place to come with. Uh, maybe you don't want an East coast thing. You want a West coast thing, but I don't really want to see the Montana, you know, metropolitan is killing it over there. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to uh, the second city, I can see Montreal because it goes back to what we kind of talked about supersonics. You know, it has at least a history, the build in there. But yet you look at the same way it goes with the Nationals. You know, the Nationals were the Montreal Expos beforehand, but it's not like the Washington Nationals were this big name for right. years. They're, if memory serves me right, they, they weren't around until like the 50s and then everything kind of changed. Yeah, the you Senators know, were a pretty you. terrible franchise. They, only, they won one World Series, but for the most part they were i think was it they were washington was first in war first in peace last in the american league that's what the, the mantra was for that that franchise before um but i, I don't know, i guess uh God, I, I could montreal definitely as a 31st team but 32nd team i i i don't know if their mlb is ready for mexico um oh, no. i i don't think mexico is ready for that uh, I mean, if anything, go for another in Canada. I mean, you got Toronto, you got Montreal. I would say uh, Vancouver just to give Seattle yeah. a natural rival. Um, but actually, we can segue into Seattle. That was the other. Uh, so, okay, so let's close out. Uh, Seattle, good idea. Lots of money out there. Um, the alignment, I can see it makes sense, especially as a backup plan for, let's say, Arizona doesn't work out. To put the team in Houston, um, I and uh, NHL is gonna keep making money if the Seattle team gets the same rules as far as the expansion draft that the Vegas. They will. 
Yeah. That's already, I think, that's ben confirmed. already announced. That. Okay, so they'll have the same thing as the Golden Knights did. So Seattle will at least have, a, at the very least, a decent team to watch because I, I, I can hardly fathom that we'll get another first-year team that's going to go all the way to the final. <laughs> I don't. I think that was kind of like a once in a lifetime thing, but who knows? Well, uh, you know, it's like a gold rush. <laughs> but uh, uh, good idea, NHL. Uh, it's a natural rival for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, good thing that they're in the Pacific Division with all those California teams. They'll create natural rivalries, just like the Seahawks have with the Forty Niners, uh, just like the the Mariners have with like the Angels and the A's. Uh, so good job NHL. So uh, segue, we're talking about Seattle. Um, we'll go into baseball. I know there's a lot of football stuff happening. We're talking about uh, the NHL and and baseball, but the Seattle Mariners decided that you know what, it's time to blow it up. <laughs> After they currently are, I think the team with the longest playoff drought in North American sports among the big four franchise big four sports. So and that's not going to end anytime soon right now. Um gosh, Robinson Cano is now out in New York with the Mets, not the Yankees and um they already introduced him uh, and it looks like the Mariners not done with their with their moves. Uh any thoughts guys? Uh yeah, I'll start it off. I mean it was expected because the problem was that the Seattle Seahawks, or sorry, the Seattle Mariners, they weren't bad in the AL. They went 89 and 70. It was actually their the problem, best season in a while. Yeah. The problem, and they, they suffered, you know, because they went through multiple managers. A lot of players kind of came and went. The only thing that was consistent there was Felix Hernandez, and he's on the decline. Yeah. You know, they, they picked up Robbie Cano from us, you know, years ago because... Us they, being they the Yankees, to, right? The Yankees, the Yankees, yeah. the Yankees. Charles the Yankees fans, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, hate me now, love me later. Uh, they had the opportunity, but the problem is, you know, you had such a good success because I would think being, you know, 89 and 73, a good success and not even come close to the wild card, it, it was logical. They're going to want to shed some money... Sending sending out Cano frees you some money. You're gonna get some prospects back. No, everybody knows that this is not gonna be a win for Seattle, but it's an inevitability. And you have to—that's baseball, right? Yeah. You try to for certain things, unless you're the big name markets. If you're the Boston's, if you're the Yankees, you know, you're even if you're the Dodgers, you're trying to collect through free agency and then you know maybe some minimal trades for teams that are desperate that are trying to get that two three year success out of star players and when they can't do it they can't resign but i'll tell you now this won't be the first of many trades or this will be the first of many trades that come in um don't be surprised if you know felix hernandez is going to be gone too and it, like i said it's just inevitability they had a good score but or they had a good record but can they improve on this no because the the level of competition is just too too high right and even especially with, in the al west especially in the al west I mean, I'm looking at it right now. The Yankees with the first wild card spot was 100 wins, 62 losses. The Athletics were 97-65. You couldn't come in within eight of those games to win, and, you know, it, it's just done. Um, I mean, look what happened to the Rays. They had a, a plus-90 win season, 
and they still weren't even even close to being in the wild card spot. Yeah. Uh, and again, the AL East is absolutely stacked right now, um, which means basically both your wild cards are going to go to the AL East, and for at least one of them. So it's really just one spot for the remaining three divisions. And the the West is really strong right now with uh, the Astros and with the Angels. And the Oakland so, A's with, you know, Moneyball. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, the, the A's were the team that came out of nowhere for everyone, you know. It, it's, it was another one of those Moneyball years where just everything, you know, Billy Bean made everything work out again. And the Mariners were the team that got screwed in the end for that one because had it had the A's not been so awesome, they would have had that second wild card spot, and they would have had their playoff drought ended. And most likely, they probably wouldn't be blowing this team up. They probably would have been more encouraged to, hey, we're not that far away from you know competing with these guys. But uh, the other point, I mean, the Mariners are. It, in a different way, doing what the Marlins and what other teams are doing too is just blowing it all up. Because um, from what I've seen and what I've read, the Mariners have a pretty paltry farm system. So they have no depth whatsoever. A guy goes down and they're screwed. And it basically happened this season. Um, uh, they they were screwed if, if any of their star players or, or especially their starting pitching uh, went down. So... It creates a uh, like a like a, the only way they could make the playoffs or even try to make noise is if everything had to fall into place, like all the stars aligned. And it hasn't since 2001 for the Mariners, and this is the best year that they've had so far. And it's funny, the best year that they've had with more playoff spots open, and they still couldn't get in. And now they're just like. Um, all right, we're just going to blow it up. I know the Mariners were sold to a new owner. Um, Nintendo doesn't own them anymore. So maybe he wants to kind of end that era of Mariners baseball um, under that under that old regime. Um, so I, um, I'm glad I'm no longer paying for their contracts anymore. <laughs> um, even though Nintendo still owns, like, as a minority owner of, of, the, of the Mariners team. But that's an aside. It's going to suck for Seattle, um, but they're in the same position as the Marlins. The Marlins have the second longest drought in North American sports, so I, I, I feel for them right now. I really do. We're, they're going to suck for a while, just as, just as the Marlins. And, and it's funny um, uh, that it's the Mariners that this is happening to. Two teams that start with Mar, two teams that had Ichiro at the end of his career, um, and it's it's all falling apart again. But hopefully, in four to five years, this will all work out for them. Just like, and we'll see the the Seattle Mariners versus the Miami Marlins in the World Series in twenty twenty five. Gosh, all right. Um, as long as the Mariners don't change their color scheme and logo, I'll be fine with that. Actually, I like both of their color schemes: the blue and yellow scheme, and their their emerald and aqua scheme. I prefer that one personally, but um, I, I, either way, they've had some good looks over the the few. Over the no, years. absolutely. Um, the Yankees are making moves, and it's gosh, they're they're gonna sign that guy. That who's the who's the top pitcher? 
That one guy? That's come. That's uh, well. I mean, agency. Corbin. Yeah, there Corbin he is. That's him. Signed, but he no no he signed with um, Washington, I believe. He just did. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Never Washington mind. now has three pitchers that are over a hundred million dollars in their entire contract. Matt Scherzer being one of them, rightfully so. They have Corbin. I'll, I'll bring it up now. Um, he has six years, one hundred forty million dollar deal. Uh, which is interesting because you thought they were going to kind of implode a little bit based on how their season went. Um, but they have him, and they, I still think they have Steven Strasburg. They have to worry about Bryce Harper. So I wonder if this is anticipation of Harper leaving. Uh, or it might be a way to entice on. him to stay. Like, hey, look at the moves we're making. Maybe. 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 I mean, here's the thing. Are you going to convince me? It, I, Bryce Harper will probably want to stay more to have a manager that actually knows how to manage the game. I know he wasn't happy with Dusty Baker, you know, getting fired, rightfully so, because Baker, you know, put them far into, not into the playoffs, but they made him a consistent team. Um, you know, if you're going to give me a guy that you're going to pay a whole lot of money for that show up every five starts, that might not seem to me that you're actually going to try to make our team better. Maybe getting another bat, uh, you know, a couple other guys to kind of help him out instead of putting the, shoulder, the pressure on his shoulders. But regardless, it's a good pickup for the, uh, the Nationals because they're basically not waving the white flag that many people thought was going to happen. We wanted him, but, you know, the Yankees want him. But sometimes you lose out, and that happens. And, yeah, the Yankees will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so that's our baseball talk. Uh, still, you know, that's a big, big thing happening before the winter meetings. Uh, the Marlins, I know, have... They offered two contracts to JT Riomuto, two offers, and they lowballed him. Uh, I don't know why they lowballed him, but they did. And JT Riomuto, you know, his his representation were just like, yeah, yeah, forget it, guys. No, we want out. Out How of Miami. How much longer is he under contract for? Oh, gosh, I forgot. I think he still has like. Uh, somebody look it up. Uh, I'm. St- I think maybe like on two or three seasons more. I don't know. It's something like that. Then, then they don't have a position of power. You know, I, uh, I, I get it, but he's going to show up to work regardless. But, but the thing is, I mean, the Marlins are in this rebuild, and his his value is high right he now. He becomes a free agent in 2021. So okay, so two more seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so I was I was close. Um, I think the current offers, the current two best offers right now are from the Atlanta Braves, who are offering their top prospect, their top third base prospect, and the Colorado Rockies. I don't know what they're offering. Um, obviously, I, I, I want the Marlins to you know pull the trigger and make a deal because um, there's no use having one of the best catchers in the league and hoping that. In two or three years, that the Marlins will be good. I don't think the Marlins will be good enough in two years to justify having Rio Muto on the squad. I don't think this rebuild is going to take is going to be that fast. I don't know what Jeter's thinking, but it's not going to be that fast. It, it wasn't that fast for the Houston Astros, and it wasn't that fast for the Chicago Cubs. So uh, the Marlins uh, are. And my hopes for the season are maybe a five-game improvement. From this season, but I don't see the Marlins making that huge of a stride unless they really do hit on a future superstar. <laughs> but that's not going to happen right now, as I see it. So um, trade Real Muto while he still has this super high value, uh, and before you start the season, 
and he has the possibility of getting hurt because it only takes one game and you know uh and Jeter's got to pull the trigger while he has while he's got while he's got a shot let me ask you this because I guess I got to play devil's advocate how are you supposed to lure these big fish no pun intended to Miami if you know you're not going to have one a cheaper salary, I guess, because Real Muto is under contract that's not exorbitant. And then, two, you're not going to at least tell these free agents, hey, we're going to pair you with a young stud talent, and maybe this will trade his mind. I understand that the idea is, you know, five years will be good. But the problem is, is if you're continually throwing guys away because you're under duress, well, well, I mean, prospects are prospects, and that's the problem. Well, I mean, the idea is that Real Muto is not a prospect. He's a guy who's in his prime. So, yeah, yeah. And he's he's... I guess he's that last piece of that past Loria era, if you will, that just needs to, we just need to send him off on his way. You know, he'll win another MVP and we'll suck. <laughs> we'll have another MVP gone away maybe and, we'll, and the Marlins will suck. But um, I just, I want a clean break. Let Rio Mudo go. He doesn't want to be here. Uh, it's good to have, and uh, the idea is not to have that sort of perpetual, like uh, revolving door of, of okay, like, like the like the pirates and the Royals used to do a lot. Uh, just okay, the guy becomes good, and we'll ship him off. We can't afford him. Uh, the idea is to do what Chicago and Houston did: is they get good, and we and we sign them. Uh, what Tampa does, what Tampa usually does, we sign them to a good contract while they're ascending, while they're trending up, but not at that prime. So we keep them relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. And their value will go up, and then we'll we'll work it from there. I think that's how the Marlins would do it, but unless they get like a big money guy to come in and purchase the team, but um, I, the Marlins aren't going to be a free agent destination until those prospects become really good, and they can't give up on them, and they can't trade them away, or also just have this revolving door, just like um, the Pirates for so long and the Royals for so long. Um, <clears throat> the idea, and the Marlins have done it twice before with their World Series championships. But the idea is to keep the guys afterwards, like Houston, like Chicago, maybe like the Braves. Now, who knows? The like the Yankees right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, don't realize that this Yankee squad is their players that they developed. These aren't like huge. They're, now they're in a position to make those big giant free agent signings. But their guys are homegrown guys. We had a small relaunch, but the idea is that we still took those prospects to get a Giancarlo Stanton, to yeah. get um, you know the the guys. You know, roll this Chapman. Look how we got him back. It, that was a good end. I mean, we traded away to get prospects that we knew we were getting back. We got lucky. That's the motto. If everybody followed through, there'd be a lot of like even playing field. Hopefully not. I like having the upper advantage. Um, that's my thoughts on that. Okay. All right, so I think we should move away from baseball now. <laughs> it's all just speculation at this point until we get to actual games out in, in April. Uh, we'll, uh, we've got a lot of football, a lot of football stuff to talk about. So let's get into the fun stuff. Um, bowl games. I've got a list of bowl games here uh, that are happening in the state of Florida because uh, all of us are in Florida right now. In various locations in Florida, but we are in Florida, 
So I just want to go through these things. First, we'll start with the Miami Hurricanes, even though this isn't in Florida. They're, uh, this is a great, this is what I call the Charles Bowl. Uh, <laughs> it's the Miami Hurricanes in a rematch of last year's uh, Orange Bowl against Wisconsin, the Badgers. Or maybe what you could call this the Professor Roman Bowl. Well, just to kind of read everybody into this, Professor Roman was one of the, is one of the law professors at our alma mater, FIU Law. And he taught and... torts. Right. I don't know anything about torts. All I know is that there's a circle, and at the center of the circle is love. Risk and exactly. or causation. <laughs> what was it that I used to say? We'll think about it on a different time. But continue, Francisco. Yeah, that's so much for my education. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're playing in the pinstripe bowl out in Yankee Stadium, so that's why I call it the Charles Bowl. It's his favorite team's home park with his favorite college team playing at it. Uh, uh, they got what they wanted. They got into a you know, uh, a higher profile bowl game out in New York City. Uh, so that's good for their for their program. I'm sure they they um, they're they're excited about that. Uh, we've got the Boca Raton Bowl out in mm-hmm. FAU Stadium. We've got the Northern Illinois University. Uh, what are they, the Wolves or the Wolf Pack? Huskies. Huskies. Oh yeah, uh, versus the. UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham Blazers. Just a quick side note. I am so happy that they're getting into a bowl game. UAB? Do you guys know what happened a couple of years ago to them? They closed their program, right? Their football program. Right? I wouldn't say closed. I would say... They went on a break. They, they were forced to close. It's not, they didn't close of their own volition. The Board of Trustees for the University of Alabama system, which has a ton of uh, Alabama at Tuscaloosa members on it, Mm -hmm. basically forced them to close. And they, there was such an uproar and such a, coming back of exposed. I love, uh, hold on, sorry, a Flimicon's comment. Know the difference between wolves and huskies. It could save your life. <laughs> that is true. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, right. Yeah, I got, I got you off your point, dude. But UAB, yeah. Um, they, they were shafted, basically, by, by the board of trustees. And They've come back. This is their second season back. And not only are they going to this bowl game, they won Conference USA. And they had a 10-win season. So that is just fantastic. What year now after the program was, uh, I guess, resuscitated? They were killed in 2014. They were gone for two years, and they came back last season. Wow. So that took two seasons for them to to put it back together. Actually, this is probably their best season in their their program's history because their program wasn't that old. Mm, I think it's because old, relatively speaking. I mean, I mean, yeah, but but I think they 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 this might be their best season in school history. So, oh, it is no question. 
Okay, so UAB, congratulations. We'll see you out in Boca. Go Owls. Uh, um, we've got the Orlando's 40,000 bowl games that they're hosting. Uh, the AutoNation Cura Bowl, which is being played out in the uh, the Citrus Bowl, Camping World Stadium. The Louisiana... Citrus Bowl. Yeah, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns versus the Tulane Green Wave. Wow, so it's an all-Louisiana matchup interesting so we're gonna have some swamp people coming down to uh orlando uh gasparilla bowl out in tampa we've got the usf south florida bulls versus uh marshall thundering herd yeah and this is literally home field advantage for usf yeah because the game used to be played in Tropicana Field. But starting last season, they moved the game over to Raymond James Stadium. Home of the Buccaneers. Which is also where USF, that's their home stadium. Yeah, when they share with, with the Bucks, And uh, right. I think the the East-West Shrine game is, is being played out in Tropicana Field anyway. So Tropicana Field is still hosting a post, uh, post-season game, if you will. An all-star right. game, so... I don't know why Tropicana Field, out of all places, is hosting that game, but um, it's but, probably cheaper. Would be my guess. I'm sure, the Rays are just like we'll roll out the red carpet for you. Just don't step into the sewage. Uh, um, the Camping World Bowl being played out at the Citrus Bowl. Syracuse, with their their actually their good season, is facing off against the the Mountaineers, West Virginia. So there are a few people, there are quite a few people that are disappointed in that bowl matchup. The reason why, yes, of Flimicon, I don't get tired of that either. <laughs> the bad, bad boy mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Oh, yeah. Um, there is a huge rivalry between West Virginia and Pitt. They uh, used to right. be in the same conference in the Big East until. Um, until they defected into the Big 12 for West Virginia and the ACC for Pittsburgh. Right. Even still, in spite of the fact they haven't played each other for a while, they are still incredibly, incredibly tense rivals. And they take every opportunity to make fun of them, to whatever. And there's a saying from West Virginia fans that I can't, Repeat verbatim, <laughs> uh, but it's eat blank pit. It rhymes, and it rhymes. That's <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blanks there. I'm sure it rhymes with the word spit. Um, exactly. That well, I don't know. That works too. Eat spit pit, and it has eat spit pit. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That that's the PG version. That's the G version <laughs> of the saying. Okay. So, uh, all right, so that's the Camping World Bowl. You've got the Gator Bowl out in Jacksonville. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's back in Florida, baby. He's uh, Texas A&M versus NC State. Go NC State. Do it for the ACC. Uh, lose, Jimbo, lose. <laughs> um, nah, whatever, man. I'm, I'm over it already. Most Florida State fans are not over it, but I'm over it, okay? Um. And he's uh, playing out in the Gator Bowl, which is weird. 
the Outback Bowl, another one of the four, well, 40 games that Tampa is hosting. Uh, my brother-in-law's alma mater, the Mississippi State Bulldogs versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, he won't be going to the game. I asked him if he was. He's not, actually, because he's my sister and him are taking the kids to visit his folks out in Arkansas. So they'll be, unfortunately, missing that game out in Raymond James Stadium. Then you've... I, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious. The Mississippi State is famous or infamous, depending on who you ask. They bring cowbells. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's their thing. No, my 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 brother-in-law has his cowbells. And uh... so I'm curious to see if. Uh, if the Outback Bowl will let them go in there with their cowbells. Why? Why? Is, the, is there a thing against cowbells out there? Generally speaking, it is noisemakers are disallowed. Okay. Well, um, well uh, here's a way around it. You use your cell phone and Mountain, they, could make, <laughs> they could make a cowbell app. Okay, and every time they could just, you know, they press it and put their volume at high volume. What are they going to do then? Okay. Uh, so that works. There's a way around it. So Mississippi State fans, uh, put up a cowbell video on YouTube and, and yeah, you have your cowbells there. All right. <laughs> You've got the actual Citrus Bowl game being played at the Citrus Bowl. The Nittany, the, 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 I always get... Nittany. Yeah, Nittany Lions, Penn State versus the Kentucky Wildcats, who uh, actually had a good football season for once. And then they just completely collapsed. <laughs> I think they realized that they were a basketball school after a while. Mm-hmm. Then finally, the, the greatest bowl game of all, the Hyundai Sun Bowl, out in good old El Paso, Texas. Uh, I swear, I think you're going to move there at some point. <laughs> El Paso, Texas, which is the greatest city in all of the United States, uh, is going to welcome the good folks of Pittsburgh as the Panthers face off against the Sanford Cardinal. Have a good time, guys. Go visit the uh, the military museum they got out there. It's really nice. Um, have some tacos. They got some good tacos out there. Uh, you know, uh, check check out the, 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 the military base that they got over there. There'll be a bunch of planes flying around. You'll really enjoy El Paso. The climate's going to be great. Um, Hyundai is the sponsor. Hyundai is, is the greatest manufacturer of cars in the world. Uh, for, for sponsoring the Sun Bowl. Save that for your non-sponsor segment. <laughs> well, no, this I'll is... talk about Toyota. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, yeah, so enjoy the Sun Bowl. The trophy's going to be awesome. You guys are going to love the trophy. It's a beautiful trophy. El Paso, Texas. Give them a good show and uh, enjoy it. So those are the bowl games that I ran down. I don't know if you guys have any bowl games that you guys are looking forward to outside of the playoff. Hmm. I mean, I'll be watching the UM game just to be like, all right, what's going to happen here with Rick and the pressure and see if he breaks a little bit. Uh, but they're all going to be good. The problem is with, like, bowl games that aren't the main ones for me is that unless it's a team that I'm following completely like the U, the U I'm just going to enjoy most of it because some of the games are really bad, some of them are blowouts, and some of them are really competitive. You get to see guys on a public spotlight that you haven't seen before. So 
I can tell you for me, I'm going to be looking at the TV. It's like, all right, we're going to watch this day, this day. So each one will kind of get a viewing from me. It's good entertainment. It's good to get those it's good background noise. It's good background noise to get work done. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just there's something about the kids putting it out there knowing that this is mm-hmm. their opportunity for the school spirit and also for the opportunity to kind of get noticed on a professional level. And you end up remembering some names, you know, uh, that really kind of pop out. So when you see them, how it translates to the combine, and you know what their performance are you know it's just good entertainment you get some good feel good stories out there i'm looking forward to it to all of it uh for me well obviously uh ucf in the fiesta bowl against the the tigers of lsu i'm obviously watching that one i'm setting aside an entire day to watch that one and either to cheer uh, wonderfully, or to weep. Uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. And uh, hey, it's on a t- oh bummer. Uh, Peach Bowl. I went to Chick Fil A afterwards, so I don't know. I'll play my PlayStation. Okay. Once it's over, because PlayStation is now the sponsor. It's no longer Tostitos. Okay. So um, and uh, I saw uh a tweet Mikey wants us to cover the orange bowl and i guess since we're well yeah let, let, yeah we're going to move to the college football playoff um because I, but i just want to make this last comment uh i saw a tweet of of uh, a picture of squidward uh looking out of his window and you see patrick and spongebob it was a meme and you see like all the logos of the, the florida schools that are in bowl games uf yep. ucf miami and then squidward is florida state <laughs> Just looking out at everyone having fun. FIU as well is, is out there. So the seven, that's me. F, of the seven FBS teams in Florida, FSU and FAU, two of your alma maters, yeah. are the only ones that are not bowl eligible this year. One for three, though. I'm one for three. So I'll be, I, I'm, I might look at the Bahamas Bowl. I could have it while I'm at work. Uh, when it's on, because it's on a Friday. Yeah, I forgot the day. to mention that FIU is playing Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, and uh, one more thing: if Flimicon wanted us to cover the Holiday Bowl, that one is between Northwestern and Utah. Northwestern. Hmm. Ah. Freaking Northwestern old, uh, had a Chicago. Okay, year they had an eight and five year. They were the. They were competitive throughout the year. Yeah, they were the West Division champion yeah. in the Big Ten. and They just got blown out against Ohio. Uh, they last kept week. it close for a little bit. Yeah, but then the, the rails kind of fell off. Right. But they forced Urban Meyer to retire, so. He, he couldn't true. deal with the pressure. <laughs> he couldn't deal with the pressure. Austin. That's your football program. We make Urban quit because he knew, <laughs> he knew not to meet us again. <laughs> Although, here is a fun fact I learned today on RCFB. Turns out that the last game that the last, I think it was five OSU coaches played against Purdue, they all lost. Ooh. That's, oh, that's interesting. Or I think it was either the game that they, Urban retire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, it was either the last game they played against them, period, or the last time they played them at Purdue. Uh, but either way, that is, that's kind of the, 
that's more. I don't know, but that's that's an interesting fact. So losing to Purdue is a bad omen for exactly. for Ohio State coaches. So I'm I'm sure there's a lot of uh, um, Big Ten fans that are just like, all right, Purdue, get your program up, cause and beat Ohio State every year uh, to to keep them in misery. Uh, all right, so those are the the non playoff bowl games. So let's move on to the actual playoff itself. We've got our we got our set. We got our, our thing set. We've got the Orange Bowl. Uh, so you guys, and then we've got what's the other bowl? That's this whole thing. The Cotton uh, Bowl. The Cotton Bowl, right? Cotton Bowl. Yeah, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, our set. Alabama's gonna win, right? Uh, I think it depends I hope on not. Tua had the ankle surgery done. I mean, Jalen Hurts may or may not be able to be the guy to get there. He's experienced. He's played the playoff games. Really, he was only replaced last year because mm-hmm. Nick pulled a Nick, and he was like, all right, I'm going to save it up a little bit and add some flavor and see where it takes us, and it worked to his benefit. Um, but, I mean, it really comes down to Bama isn't as, to me, that of imposing a presence. I've said it throughout the season that it feels that they're just getting kind of the easy matchups. And then, of course, they go against Georgia and then, you know, make an excellent come-from-behind victory. But they don't – I feel they don't have the same aggressive running. Their defense, you know, seem a little bit lax in that match against Georgia. And I think sometimes it just comes down to what's your scheme, but also are your guys burnt out? Are they tired? Did you keep them in too long from playing these blowout games that you're winning 60-3 to against these low-level programs? Uh, but Oklahoma don't sleep on them. I mean, Kyler Murray is your presumed Heisman winner. Uh, they're fast, they're agile, they're twitchy on defense. And what that Georgia game showed was that if they can break the line and get to your quarterback, you're not going to have those big-name guys like Amari Cooper. I know it's a couple years out, but that's the most recent I could think of as a wide receiver for Bama to really just kind of you know save you. Um, and really, if it doesn't work there, it will definitely be something that Clemson will see because that's who I'm going to presume wins the Cotton Ball. But I might be a little bit too ahead here. But it will be a good, it'll be a good matchup. I think I'm glad that Oklahoma's in it as opposed to Ohio State and even Georgia. I think some people want that rematch. But if we're going to say this with the SEC championship, I don't want a rematch between them at any point in the CFP in the finals. Heisman, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mikey, in spite of the fact that he goes to school in California, is an OU fan. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he's uh, especially excited right now. Exactly. (laughs) My take on it is it is going to be defense will not exist in this game. It will not. You might as well just take those 11 guys off the field because OU's defense – sucks (laughs) sucks <laughs> but they're often is that putting it lightly <laughs> i mean let me pull up they let's see here we go when they played okay here we go here we go they gave up 45 points to mm-hmm. texas no 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 they gave up 48 points to texas Hey, they're trying their best. They're getting better, too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they gave up 48 points to Texas in the Red River rivalry, the regular season edition. They gave up 46 points to Texas Tech. 
They gave up 47 points to Oklahoma State. They gave up 40 points to Kansas, and they gave up 56 points to West Virginia. And these are, I'm not nothing against these those teams, but they are not Alabama. Alabama is going to do insane things. It just is. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Charles, that Alabama is looking a little bit kind of... So I'm expecting to see a lot of points. But I, I to chime in real quickly, do you feel that Jalen Hurts is the guy who can measure and match up to Kyler Murray if they're going into a, you know, a shootout? Because with Tua, I would say, of course, because that's been how they played all year. I mean, Jalen's got some legs. He's got a little bit of accuracy. But I, I don't think that offense is built to be, you know, air raid offense, you know, with Jalen behind the center. I mean, I mean, like you mentioned, Jalen Hurts was the guy all of last season. He played the entire season with the exception of the second half of the national championship game. And Tua just took over. And look what he did in the SEC championship. He stepped in there like he, he hadn't been away for a second. So, if I think he's going to have a decent shot. I think he's going to do a great job at bringing them, uh, giving them a good shot in the game. <clears throat> All right. Um, okay, so now uh, the other game. Uh, it, with regards to Notre Dame, uh, it's a question I kind of wanted to pose to you guys because I, I heard a lot of people talk about it. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame is independent. Do you guys find it fair that Notre Dame doesn't play a conference final and yet still makes the college football playoff? If it was, start with that one, Charles? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm going to come in a little bit biased because as Andrew, Francisco, and I had talked about in the prior weeks, I always felt that you know the best team should get a chance and opportunity. And I think having a title a conference title, playing a conference title game matters. Uh, I, here's, Notre Dame's weird, because if memory serves correctly, they play for the ACC in everything but right. football. Right. And right. I understand, I, I won't go into the politics of that for a second, but the level of competition might be different. Um, but however, they, ha- they can be competitive. And if they're competitive against Clemson, because here's the difference. I don't think any of us really, except if you're a Notre Dame fan, and you're an unrealistic Notre Dame fan, no one really believes that they're going to win in Clemson. I think they might play it tight, and then it just pulls away, kind of how Ohio State beat out Northwestern last week. Um, Sure, you have an opportunity with that, but if it comes to fairness, no, I don't think it's fair, but it's it's the program. It's Notre Dame. If it's anybody else, if it's UAB, going undefeated, making it, they're not going to be popping there. So I think there's some politics to play behind um, you know, Notre Dame is a factory of fantastic college football players, above average college football players. And I think that's something that the CFE is going to be looking at. Uh, because here's the thing, you know, you slip up and you have a good season next year that's similar to what you have now. 
they're going to remember it when they're putting people in there. So don't be surprised if you get the 11 and one team taking your spot. Don't be surprised if you get the 10 and two team. I was very shocked that Georgia and Ohio state were not considered to take their spot at number three, to be honest with you. I think having that title game matters a lot, but yet, you know, what are you going to do? Force Notre Dame to join when they actually produce results uh, and, and basically marketing merchandise and also fan base. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the, the playoff itself, and it's one of the issues that we had, and we talked about it last week. I don't want to get too deep into what, what can be changed with the college football playoff. I think we all believe that expanding it to one more round is a lot better. But um, I kind of, because I see Mikey put up a point that uh, they do play the ACC, so their schedule is, I guess, would say relatively similar in as far as strength of schedule is concerned so i don't have too much of an issue with notre dame in it um it would be nice if they actually had to play for their lives for one more game but um let's say if they were in the acc itself (laughs) imagine they would have had to play an actual um final against clemson Clemson, which is essentially happening right now so we're getting it but you know, uh, it's it's it, it would be interesting if they actually had to play for their lives in that sense. But um, yeah, until we have another round of playoffs, I, I, I think this is fine with Notre Dame. I think they, they've played a, a strong enough schedule. I think they've got the talent to actually be up there. They've been up there for the entire season anyways. So I, I don't see them as an undeserving third seed. Yeah really quick to chime in it's not like you're having an eight and five team make it number three it's there it's just there might have been better teams who have lost one or two games that should have been there that's my thought on that yeah okay um any more thoughts on playoff uh so you okay i'm I'm thinking bama and clemson again yeah (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Another retread, huh, Andrew? I, it's getting boring. It really is. Well, it's been the same. These teams have matched up. If that if that happens, third time in four three years. Times in three years. Four years. But, still. but does it create does it create a necessary rivalry, a new rivalry that you kind of want? Because Dabo Sweeney is going to be there for a while. Clemson, you know, Nick's going to be there until he doesn't want to be there anymore. Is this something that we need to create new rivalries instead of you know doing the typical Ohio State versus Michigan rivalry? You know, UM versus FSU. It, it could be exciting only if Clemson wins this round, right? Yeah, that is true. However. The key to a really good rivalry is constant repetition. And, like, for example, to bring up your FSU-UM example, they play each other every year. UF and FSU play each other every year. UCF and USF play each other every year. I I could go on. There's no guarantee that Alabama and Clemson would play each other every year. And even if they did, it would only pretty much be in the playoffs unless they decided to start scheduling each other out of conference. And kind of in the same way that 
the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors have played each other for three straight years in the NBA Finals. It just makes things every it just makes everything boring. There's no. I mean, you're. It's kind of harping what Mikey's making a point of. Um, and it's what was it? Uh, somebody who said that Colin Cowher or something like that. Somebody said that. You know, people love dynasties. People love watching them. People love uh, as much as they hate. As much as people say, "Oh, I hate." seeing such a dominant team all the time, we still gravitate towards them. We still gravitate towards the Warriors. We still gravitate towards those Bulls. We gravitate towards Alabama. We gravitate towards the Yankees. I mean, it, we just, it's, you know, those monolithic teams that, you know, uh, we all enjoy that rise where it's just like, wow, you're just in awe of how dominating they are. And then we also are also at the at the same time, hoping to see that downfall because the downfall is i think a lot juicier when when it happens i mean, I mean we all wanted bama to lose last year <laughs> yeah i mean it would have if, if they had lost it's just like the patriots the patriots lost to the eagles and the way they lost that was more satisfying to me than than any other than seeing any other team in that super bowl outside of the Dolphins, but that'll never happen in my lifetime. (laughs) Or... I don't know. know. I mean... I don't don't know. I just... Personally, I'm I'm just getting tired of seeing seeing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I think if UCF were in this position and they were ending up playing the same team over and over, I'd be fine with it just because we're in the playoff. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I just think that it's kind of boring because ultimately no one else is really getting a shot here. And that's the you hope see where I'm that, going with. Yeah, no, no, and that's the hope for expanding the playoff to another round. Because at the very least, then you know. Alabama would have to go through another team just to get to Georgia. the end. You know, actually work hard for it. Right. Or works harder for it. Not that they don't work hard. Okay. Um, but I think that's a good uh, wrap-up of the playoff and all of college football at the end. Um, so everybody enjoy the Sun Bowl. Watch the Sun Bowl. It's beautiful El Paso. You'll love it. Um, that's the most important game that's, that's coming up. Uh, all right. So... I kind of want to take a little break. Uh, we've got some current games happening right now. Uh, the Heat and the Panthers are playing down here locally. Uh, we've got the Florida rivalry between the Heat and the Magic. And the Panthers are facing the very annoying Boston Bruins today. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alexander Barkov got kneed in the face by Dwayne Wade. So I'm hoping Dwayne Wade's greatness transferred through Barkov and to the Panthers. So maybe they'll be an awesome franchise. But the game is nothing, nothing right now. After the end of the for during the first intermission, right now, um, so uh, let's see. Let's 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 uh, let's. Uh, do you guys have any? Let's strike a word from our non-sponsors. Do you guys have anything that you guys are uh, enjoying, loving, anything like that? I got something. I'll start off. first, and I think Francisco would appreciate me. I want to give a shout out for our non-sponsor sponsor to Ludens Cough Drops. It tastes good. 
you know, I, I talk a lot for a living. I talk too much for my own good. So my throat gets a little dry and hoarse and painful. I take a Ludens. It is not like having a Vicks nasty cough drop where you get that nasty, weird mint, but it tastes like ethanol taste in your mouth. This one, nice little strawberry flavoring, dissolves properly. Francisco, I advise you from my non-sponsor sponsor to get it. Uh, it's good. It's like $5 a bag. I eat them like they're candy. It's probably going to be you know, the best investment I made this week. Promo <laughs> code for, of course, is Ouchies, O-U-C-H-I-E-S. Get yourself some Ludens. Okay. Andrew, you got one. Yep, I'm going to go with Sam's Club. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, for our college students out there, they have cheap memberships. And uh, it's worth it for the pizza. It's just worth it for the pizza. The pizza is amazing. They also have good ice cream, but you can also buy a lot of things in bulk. You can get – generally, things are just cheaper there. It may be more that you have to pay initially, but per unit price, it's, it's a lot cheaper. So um, my turkey-loving self, because I put a lot of turkey on my salads and stuff, uh, I get a lot of turkey from there, cheese – uh, you name it, they probably have it. Plus, they have a lot of good furniture. It's and it's air conditioned, so if it's a hot day out, you can go in and <laughs> relax in there. So, Sam's Club. Uh, that is my non-sponsor of the week. Any any promo code? Mm, I don't know. I, I got one. We have air conditioning. Okay, we have air conditioning. <laughs> That's their selling point, actually. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, my non-sponsor of the week is is going to go to um, a, a local a, a local establishment down here in Miami, Night Owl Cookies. Okay? Mm. A cookie company uh, local down here in South Florida, in Miami, uh, they have uh, these insane... Insanely diabetic cookies that I I, I love. Um, I can't have them all the time, but I just did order some for myself because I am sick and I decided to treat myself because uh, I wanted to feel better. So I bought uh, their night owl cookies. It, it was um, one flavor was the Ave Maria, which is um, the the cookie. It has the Maria cookie. Uh, if you're Latin, you know what they are. The Maria cookies with the uh, guava. Uh, frosting on it or icing on top of it. It's it's fantastic. Very delicious. Very very delicious. Um, they also have the birthday cake cookie, which is uh, a real treat. And then I got, of course, the classic chocolate chip. You can't go wrong with it. It actually has some cream cheese um, icing on it with with Hershey's Kisses all over it, little tiny ones. Um, very very good. Very. Very destructive to my health and my my diet. Uh, this is the worst uh, endorsement ever, but uh, you can't have this all the time. But I treat. I haven't had this in months. That's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm giving a shout out to them. Uh, I'll get it every six to eight months. Okay, so I decided I'm sick. I'll get it today. Make myself feel a little better. Uh, so night owl cookies. 
If you're down in South Florida, they're on Postmates. They're probably on Uber Eats. If you can't drive all the way to them, I think they're some, I don't know where they are. But they're far away. They're some, probably in either Doral or Sweetwater or something like that. Uh, promo code is diabetes. So those are our now, Let's clarify. Is it diabetes or diabetes? Um, the way that uh, Wilford Brimley says it. So diabetes. Yes. There you go. Um, so that's my, those are our non-sponsor folks. So, uh, let's go back to our, our, our normal stuff. Uh, uh, the National Basketball Association, uh, I'll start out with this topic. Fred Hoiberg has been fired by the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Not surprising. Uh, I don't think he ever really made any connection with his players, he had that sort of weird mutiny uh, that with Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler against Ray John Rondo and the young guys out there. The Bulls could never find a footing. They have they're in the middle of a rebuild. Um, they haven't been able to take advantage of a terrible Eastern Conference despite this. So uh, I guess the Bulls looked at it as like if Fred Hoiberg can't win with this bad of an Eastern Conference, then we gotta let him go. Um, the Bulls have been ravaged by injuries, so that that also affects them. So I, I don't know, if, but maybe it, it, I, there's probably a disconnect with him and the players at this point. It, he's three seasons, I think, already so far, and might as well just pull the plug and start over. Yeah, I mean, this is a consequence of trying to hire a coach that is – the complete antithesis of the coach that you let go in Tom Thibodeau, yep. who is known for being a winner, a grinder, very demanding of men and young men. And then you get, and I'm not saying Fred Hoiberg <laughs> is a bad coach. Some guys just don't translate well from college basketball to the main, the, the big event here, you know? Mm. Um, and he was kind of given a little bit of a shorthand, uh, the Chicago Bulls, but what his first season, they were barely at 500 with Wade and Jimmy and Rondo, and they got in. Then came the complete blow-up. You feel like Bill Paxson kind of had him be a fall guy, but the talent wasn't there. You were winning. You were motivating guys. You couldn't maximize the potential of the guys you traded for when you got rid of Butler, Chris Dunn, Levine. Um, Laurie Macon, I think, is going to be a, a good player in the mm-hmm. making. He's just, you know, injured. I, uh, it, it's just a good time to do it. You know, it gives him the opportunity to kind of – join a program quickly that will inevitably fire their own coach in the college ranks. But now you get to have a season-long evaluation of management, of the young players that you traded for, see if you trade them away for a, a big fish, or just to get a proper coach, you know, because there's some rumblings about Alvin Gentry being in a bad spot in New Orleans, which I understand because with that team – you shouldn't be under 500. So no. if any other firings come in or you just see potential guys, I mean, there's a lot there. I mean, even you got to look at what's out there now with the coaches who might be at risk of losing their jobs on the professional level. So this is a good interview for them to kind of maximize the talent they have to sell the big name coaches. Cause that's kind of what you want now, right? You let them though earn his, his take as being a great assistant who became a tough coach and won you stuff. Couldn't get you to the big game, but the big three was a tough, tough act to you know beat. And then you have Hoiberg, who just provided. So it's like, hey, but with this talent, you can make us better. Because it's a two-way straight sometimes when you have those high-priced, 
big name coaches. They don't want to come into nothing unless they want a real challenge. So it, it was just inevitable. I feel like that's a topic there for me that I always say. And the funny thing, um, I'm looking here. Uh, there was uh, the Deadspin article for this. Um, the Bulls have their permanent replacement. It's the veteran assistant, Jim Boylan. Uh, yeah. So it, 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 it's not interim. He's the head coach. They've, Are they going – is it just for the season or is it going to carry no, over? No, it, it's looking like that it, the, he's the actual permanent replacement. Like he's the guy that they want. Um, but it's funny that they, they mentioned this. He is not. They, I'm, I'm quote from the article. He is not to be confused with former Bulls interim coach, the by the same name Jim Boylan, but with instead of an A, uh, the current the current Jim Boylan has an E in his name. Well, this one has an A in his name. Um, who took over in December of 2007 when the team fired Scott Skiles. So we've got the second Jim Boylan. Uh, this odd similarity already makes Jim Boylan more notable than Fred Hoiberg. Is their jab at him. So um, that just a funny thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, and then there was that, that the, the, the mention that a, a, a Flimacomp put, remember when Bobby Portis punched Nikola Mirotic in the face, the Bulls are the most entertaining franchise ever. Hey, Michael punched Steve Kerr. You know, it's in the legacy right there. It's in the genes. <laughs> yeah, they looked up at the rafters like, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> Um, okay, so the Miami Heat uh, ditched their vice jerseys and have now become the hottest team in the NBA. <laughs> uh, just going on. Uh, what, what, so the Miami Heat have their awesome vice jerseys, and the last two home games, they even though they had the court, which is the vice court, they decided not to wear their vice jerseys, and they were supposed to. And decided to wear their roll their their red alternate uniforms, and they've gone on a two game win streak after losing like six or seven games in a row in the vice jerseys. So, um, I know people don't like to say that. Oh, it's not the uniform. It's not the uniform. But I still think the uniform has some effect in how the players feel on the court or on the field or on the ice. Um, now, would you say it's the feel of the uniform itself, or would you say... It, players are it, just... It's just that players are so superstitious. I mean, yeah. after a while, like, maybe... Maybe it did have some sort of psychological effect where they're like, okay, we're not in these... Um, awesome as they may be, but uh, in these vice uniforms, uh, we'll, we'll, they at least look a little differently. They got that stink of the, the losses off of them. And... I don't know. I think it affects the way people play, but um, hopefully that works for the Marlins. But that's an aside. But the, no, but still, the the Miami Heat are in this weird position that they're in. They're in this NBA that doesn't play to the style, or, or to the they don't have the personnel to play the style that the NBA is going to. This running guns type of stuff. They have all these big men, which big men are no longer a hot commodity in the commodity in the NBA. The Heat have three big men: Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olynyk, Hassan Whiteside. They're all perfectly serviceable players. Okay, Adebayo has you know good potential. Olynyk is is a is a good solid player, and Hassan Whiteside is a rebound and blocking shot blocking machine. Okay, but they're just not going to be the centerpiece of an offense in this NBA that's run and gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. The Heat just don't have the personnel for it. And it's they don't have a team that can dictate 
the pace of a game. That's the that's the struggle that they have right now. They have to play to the style of the team that they're facing. They did it pretty okay with the Utah Jazz, even though they barely hung on to that game. Uh, they did it okay with the New Orleans Pelicans. The same thing. They're just they're just hanging on for dear life with what they've got. And the Heat are just going to be that team, that hang, the team that's going to hang on for dear life and hope beyond all hope that they can hold it together and and maybe catch a team, maybe catch a good team on a bad night and kind of at least be toe to toe with their lesser foes in the Eastern Conference and and make the playoffs. And even though I am on, on I am on team tank, there's still a part of me because the end of that Jazz game with Dwayne Wade flying into Alexander Barkov's face, there's still a part of me that just wants to see him win and have one last playoff series. So I'm kind of torn between the two of tanking and getting the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference and at least having four more games for Dwayne Wade to, to go out on. Because even Kobe didn't have that. So... Um, I'll chime in real quickly on that one. I think we talked about last week, and it's going to be a recurring theme throughout the season for the Heat. They're too good to be bad, but too bad to be good. You know, that's that's where you get the milling, and that's where the victories come in. I think what happens is they're just gelling at the right time. I'll miss the Vice jerseys because of how cool they look, but hey, get behind whatever momentum you need to win because it's a very winnable A7 for 6 seed. No one's really standing out and the bottom of the six through eight for either uh, conferences, to be honest with you, that, you know, that scream that the Heat can't do it. And we're a quarter of the way done. By halfway, by like January, midway January, you'll probably get an idea if it's over or not, you know, or it's over or, you know, we can continue. But there's still a chance, and you're right. You want to let Wade, who has done everything for you, you know, get a chance to have that perfect swan song, um, because the guy took the veterans minimum. He's still being the face of the franchise. He's being humble. He's teaching the guys, play hard for your dude. Just as you play hard for Spolstra, play hard for Wade. Because that guy is basically acting as, you know, he's acting as your secondary coach to help you learn. Same way, you know, Haslam's just in there advising guys to develop. Wade's doing it too. He's just in more of a spotlight. And look, if you can't make it to the playoffs and you're in that last game, even though Wade shouldn't be shooting 50 point or 50 shots a game, let him go out like Kobe. I don't care because it's going to be the last time we see somebody who's a surefire Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for the Heat, you mean? Yeah, for the Heat. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They I was going to say, there are a lot of surefire Hall of Famers. <laughs> no, I, I mean just for your legacy. You know, let him have going that Kobe the, moment yeah. if you're not in the playoffs. Yeah. Going into the future. Sorry that I've been all quiet and everything. It's just I barely follow the NBA. That's fine, dude. That's you know, it's we have our things. Kind of like how I held back on the college football talk because I'm, you know, outside of FSU, which I don't really follow like a hardcore. You know, I'm not watching every single game. Um, but uh, we all have our our, our, our wheelhouses there. Uh, okay, so I, I think that's enough for the NBA. Um, nothing really too big to, to harp on at, at this point uh still we're still a little maybe a third of the way into both nhl and nba season nothing super super interesting is still happening i mean outside of let's say the buffalo sabers still being awesome um panthers are winning one one nothing right now against boston so that's good uh 
Let's move on to um, actually more of a personal note. I wanted to talk to you guys uh, more. Uh, a topic that I suggested last time, and we're finally going to get to it. The sporting event that made you the most angry as a sports fan, whether it was a game you watched in person or on TV, where you just lost it emotionally and you still remember it to this day. Mm. Mm. Let you guys go first. I know Charles mentioned his. All right. Well, uh, I'll lead the way then for anybody who is a Yankees fan or follows the Yankees. You already know where we're going. That 2004 American League Championship Series against the Red Sox. We were up 3-0. Then they come back to and we lose the series 4-3. It was just cataclysmic. You're just watching there. I was about 14 at the time, and I'm just sitting there screaming, what the hell is going on? You felt defeated. You felt hurt, especially since the prior year, Aaron Boone, who is our our manager now, belted a home run the prior year to lead us to the World Series. So you felt that history was in the making, or not in the making, but it was repeating itself. And then all of a sudden, Tito is basically saying, hey, I'm Terry Francona. You came to the wrong place. Kurt Schilling was just amazing that game. Uh, Johnny Damon was just kind of saying, we're not going to give up. And as a fan it hurts because you know you should win. You had it in the bag, and it goes to show you that sports is unpredictable. Um, I There was words said that I cannot utter on air, uh, but I was a very angry 14-year-old you know, prepubescent or pubescent boy going off, and it was just the PTSD still hits me now. And you guys kind of unleashed a, a really terrible beast in the Boston sports fan. Uh, as much okay. as the Yankees fans are annoying... The bo- this since the I guess since the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, it has been a never-ending uh, run of Boston sports fans just having it all, all those Super Bowls, now all these World Series championships and the icing on the cake. They got a Stanley Cup and an NBA championship, and all their teams are good right now. <laughs> it sucks. It's and you know especially down here a South Florida sports fan, we are in the gutter right now for almost all of our franchises and our best hope are the Miami Dolphins and that is that is really sad, um, but yeah you guys unleashed the beast as much it was nice to see them end their 86 year curse especially against the Yankees. I don't know I don't know if it was worth it. <laughs> I mean they just kind of followed the the methods that we did through those years and. It was, they had the guys. It's not as if they came out of nowhere. <laughs> Where were was, you at the time? I mean, how angry I, were you? I was at home. I was watching Fox uh, Sports. You know, there's always a superstition in sports, and every time it was a Yankee playoff game and my mother was around, something bad would happen. I remember when we got eliminated by the Angels in 2003, I believe. In, 2002. In the playoffs. 2002, thank you. Yeah, uh, against them, and she was around, so I'm, like, blaming her. She's like, grow up. I don't know what you're crying about. Um, but I just remember Vlad Guerrero just killing us in that in that series. Oh, no, but I was at oh, no, that was 2006? Probably. 2006, five, yeah. One of those years. Yeah. There was something, and then we got a revenge the year we went to the World Series and won in 2009. But I was at home, we're watching it, and it was literally that close-up that you get on ESPN when you see on the bleachers and whatnot with the, the person's hands are in their head or the head's in their hands. That yeah. was me. 
with my with my bat my baseball cap on and everything and then you know i i didn't do the thing of the rally cap where i reverse it but i'm just sitting there like what is this because i had a friend one of my best friends is a boston red sox fan and the crap talk that i delivered to him those first three games of the series came back in the worst ways it was it, it that that series made me believe in karma and to that day i won't ever talk smack i'll just leave it be oh boy oh yeah oh boy gosh okay um so mine was uh, i guess it's a, it's a it's fairly unnotable game it's it was a the 2000 and this is when i knew i was a hockey fan um <laughs> the 2000 and 2012 to that 2011 2012 season the panthers hadn't made the playoffs in 10 years which is the longest drought? Well, I think I know where this is going. The longest drought in in NHL history, and this is a franchise that's already has a lot of bad stuff happening to them already, and and it was my first season as a hockey fan. Okay, and I was just following the team. I was starting to learn about the team. I didn't know it would eventually lead me into getting actual NHL press passes and things like that, <laughs> which is weird. Um, and and but uh, it was. The Panthers were clinging on for dear life to their Southeast Division lead, and it the it was the fact that the Winnip the Winnipeg Jets, the Washington Capitals, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Tampa Bay Lightning were all just so mediocre that season that the Panthers were by default the best team, but they were the best team just by default. It, it was they were clinging on for dear life and. It was a high-profile game, the probably the third or fourth last game to this of the season against the Winnipeg Jets. I went with my sister. I wanted to see it because it was basically if the Panthers had won, they would have clinched their playoff spot. And the Panthers were winning, I think, about like like four to one, four to one, and then four to two after like the second period. Then the third period, they were. They were like midway through the third. Winnipeg gets their full, their third goal, and then they tie the game. And I was just livid in the stands. Like I just couldn't believe that they came back. The Panthers were so close. The Panthers got into overtime. They got one point, so now they're one point away from clinching their playoff spot. And they, the Winnipeg Jets, win in overtime. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was so angry. My sister had to pick up now her husband from the Fort Lauderdale airport afterwards. I'm sitting in the car and I am fuming. I'm like, I can't believe they didn't win that game. It's, all they had to do was do this. They had to do that. They had to like. And my sister is like, you gotta calm down. And I'm like, I can't. I can't calm down. <laughs> I was so angry in the car the whole ride over. And the Panthers backed their self into the playoffs that season. They they got in through a loss. I think the Detroit Red Wings beat somebody, and uh, and then they they won their playoff spot afterwards um, through that through those means. And then they won their division the night afterwards with, with an actual victory. But it was kind of an anticlimactic way to back into the playoffs. But that game, I was so angry and so fuming, and I knew I was a hockey fan after that. But that was the most angry that I was in person. Um, on TV, um, probably the the 2014 NBA Finals between uh, the air conditioning game when it broke in San Antonio. Another reason why I hate San Antonio. Um, that's another thing. I hate San Antonio, but I love El Paso uh, in Texas. 
Um, <laughs> there, so uh, unlike Sam's Club, San Antonio, Texas does not have air conditioning. But that's what <laughs> that that game, that air conditioning. If if they if the AC had worked, the Heat would. I believe they would have won that game. I believe they would have won that game. And they would have changed the face of the series. It might have changed the face of the NBA. Maybe LeBron stays in Miami. I don't know. Or at the very least, he goes out on a three-peat, and we're all good and happy. So that was the other game in person um, that, that or, or on TV that I, uh, I remember. Um, Andrew, you're up. Well, first I want to say I'm surprised that the final game of the Panthers-Islanders series a couple years ago. When Trocek was tripped? Yeah, I'm st- kind of over it but um but I, I was just thinking saying what was in person but um gotcha yeah uh honestly i i i'm not usually an angry sports fan i'm, I'm really not so i i don't really have a an angry sports moment per se i usually have more of supreme disappointment. <laughs> okay, what was the most supremely disappointed you were? Uh, there are a few of them. One was back in, I want to say 2012, UCF was playing Mizzou, and we had an opportunity to take a lead or close the score a bit, but there was just terrible clock management by George O'Leary, which ultimately hurt hurt us and ultimately led us to losing the game. Let's see what else. Uh, I'm, I'm reading Mikey's comments. Uh, Browns Raiders this year <laughs> it made me genuinely pissed off for the whole day. <laughs> um, and then the 2015 NCAA Hockey Championship led me to flip over my laptop by... Um, uh, Mr. Canada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Be you, Mr. Canada. Oh, if it you... is who I think it. Yeah. If it is who I think it is, he's a fan of Boston University. Yeah. Terriers. Oh, you know what really made me piss off? Uh, made me pissed off the um, what was it the the 2014 uh, Olympic hockey final, the U.S. with the women's hockey final. When Team USA blew the lead and lost to Canada, that really pissed me off. I was in my my USA hockey jersey and everything. I was like, "Go!" And then they they lost in overtime uh, to Canada of all teams. Uh, I, as much, okay, this is the thing. I've been to Canada, and Can, Canadians are not. When it comes to hockey, they are complete a holes. Okay, so they're polite for everything else in the world, but when it comes to hockey, it's the one thing they're really really rude about. Which is why I, I, I hate the Winnipeg Jets, but that's uh, another thing. <laughs> um, uh, let me see if I can pull out another one from the bag. Um, so I can just imagine little Charles looking at Dave Roberts steal that, that base and then David Ortiz smacking that home run. <laughs> I mean, it, it's always something, you know, and even and it was so weird because maybe I've grown up and matured. But this year when they met in the playoffs, I was like, I already know what's happening. Whatever. <laughs> I was the one objective fanboy who was like, listen, we're going to get to the playoffs and we're not going to beat the Red Sox. Call it a day. I'm just happy to be here. My blood pressure can't go up because of what happened in 2004. So, so, so you weren't uh, <laughs> screaming to trade Giancarlo Stanton? Uh, I was... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have my. I'm a hypocrite. What can I say? Yeah, it's there was first. moments where I was watching him swing. I'm like, ah, so that's what Francisco was always talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you know. Uh, he well, it's his first playoff series. Even though he he came, he did come up big in pressure on the World Baseball Classic uh, the last time, but um, Andrew, but do you have one more supremely disappointing or really pissed off moment that you were looking up or not? Nah? <laughs> I love your long exasperated size. <laughs> it's not exasperating. I, I'm, I'm, try, I'm honestly trying to think, but like okay. I said, it's you. You don't really get pissed off during sports games, right? I either get supremely happy or really sad. Crap, this sucks. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, if I, if I think of anything, I'll come back to it. Yeah, sure, sure. We we, we can always come back to it. Um, you have another like thirty minutes or so. Um. So. Uh, speaking of, um, uh, well, actually, no, I didn't want to go that supreme disappointment. Let's go to the Miami, the Miami. I I just thought of one. Okay. We're going to go back. Okay. What is it? The 2010 gold medal game. Oh, you were really pissed off at that one. I mean, I always thought it was the one of the greatest games ever, but. The golden gold. Well, not pissed off, but supreme disappointment. Okay. Like I said, I don't get pissed off, but that that one hurt quite a bit. You gave him a stern talking to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Team USA came back from that game, but then you know Sidney Crosby um, put it away of all people. But okay, I, I can see that. Um, that 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 I game was enti- that game was actually one entire- of the things that pushed me into hockey. But sorry, sorry, Andrew. Really? Yeah. And I guess the entire 2015 UCF season. <laughs> that was just that a was long... No oh, boy. Um, all right, so going on to extreme disappointment. The Miami Dolphins are terrible. Um, this is our weekly segment of how terrible the Dolphins are, um, despite the fact that they won their game. <laughs> but I think they won their... They barely won their game against the Buffalo Bills, actually. Had... Uh, was it Charles Clay actually caught the ball, they would have lost. Um, Allen actually... You know, for for that was almost that was the his almost his like coming out party with that that last drive uh, against the Dolphins. Had Clay caught the ball, it would have been probably like you know the christening of of Allen uh, for 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 the Bills. But still, it's funny listening to sports radio today and yesterday. Like nobody's really happy that the Dolphins won. Like it's so, they're six and six. They're one game behind in, for that second wild card spot, and yet there's still no hope that they're gonna actually get it. And if they do, all right, we're just gonna go to the wild card game and get our, our butts handed to us. So once again, what's the point? I'm on Team Tank, obviously. And funny thing is that if the season ended right now, the Dolphins would have the 15th pick in the draft. So, and if they lose out, they could go at, for me, I think as low as the fifth pick. I see the fifth pick as more valuable. And I see a fifth pick uh, and losing out from here on having a 6-10 and 10 season as more valuable than an 8-8 eight eight season and or a 
first round wild card loss. Um, once again, the Dolphins are terrible, but they did do one thing right, and that is they wore their throwback uniforms. So they looked really good, disappointingly winning that game. So kudos on the Dolphins for that. They should. Another thing that they do terrible is that they haven't switched to those uniforms permanently. <laughs> they have to. Yes. Like, I, I think we're all in agreement with that, right? Yeah. Gotta be festive. Yeah, I mean, they're... Yeah. Those, those uniforms are just so much better than what they've got now. I know. It's not even funny. Yeah, no, it, it is by and away. Like, every single fan wants them to move to that permanently. It's not even... It's not even close. Um, so the Dolphins are terrible. Uh, what I, I texted Doug during the game. I I, I kind of I'm I see like I see here on the messenger. I'm hoping that maybe Doug will pop in for like a second and be like, "Hey guys," and then just pop out. <laughs> <laughs> but we did text each other for a little bit during that game. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if I have anything of note. Um, other than that, uh, uh, the well he did make one comment at the end the bills just build the game uh so that's another verb and i said it's one of the few things that it's worse than dolphining <laughs> the dolphins almost dolphin the game yeah they almost dolphin but it's not as bad as billing so oh. but <laughs> imagine that you know the guy that you let go from you charles clay actually catches that ball oh that would have been so dolphin yeah, it just would have hit you. With Jordan Phillips, you know, being able to trash talk even more. Um, because that was also the Jordan Phillips game where one of the few games he's actually motivated to play, uh, which was his issue in Miami. He was always um, pretty lazy as a player, and he still is. Um, all right, so, yeah, the Dolphins are terrible. Um, we're kind of winding things down here. We got probably 19 minutes left on this stream we usually go for two hours so i'm gonna uh push ourselves into uh this segment here all righty so is that the right one the the uh god uh, yeah the players we remember to forget or players we forgot to remember which is where we kind of go down the rabbit hole of past sports players from all the leagues and all places and uh find out what they're doing and what their careers were like. Um, I don't know if you guys have one, but I do have one myself. Um, All right, go ahead. All right, so uh, my player is Mike Kingery, a former Major League Baseball player. Uh, he was primarily an outfielder from uh, a stint from 1986 to 1992, and then 1994 to 1996, he played for the Seattle, the Kansas City Royals, the Seattle Mariners, the San Francisco Giants, the Oakland A's, the Colorado Rockies, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I just picked them randomly out of a hat. And the thing that he hit 268 was his career batting average. He had 30 home runs and bat and 219 RBIs. He's he was a left-handed batter and left-handed thrower he's from st james minnesota he's 57 years old right now there's nothing notable to him at all for his career i mean he he never played in the playoffs he played some for some pretty insignificant teams um he um especially the that 96 pirates team but the the thing that got to me was that his his post-playing career 
is okay. This guy has eight children. Okay, Jeez. he has eight children, and they've kind of created this this singing troupe. Of there, there you can hire them. I think they they sing mostly um, bluegrass gospel songs, but it's the their entire family, and you can get them to. They, they have a show. Uh, let me look at their schedule right now. They're actually going to be playing a. Uh, on December 8th, a Christmas concert at the Ecumen Oaks and Pines Community uh, area uh, Center in Hutchinson, Minnesota from 2 to 3 p.m. So if you're out there, uh, go watch them. Uh, they, they also play at the Minnesota State Fair. So they're, 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 he's, he's made probably a more significant uh, career out of gospel singing than his Major League Baseball career. So he's out there. He's doing it with his kids, and uh, a couple of his kids are, are older now and are married, and 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 they're singing too. So it's so uh, Mike Kangaroo, uh, gospel singer with his family and his eight children, uh, former player, uh, hit thirty home runs in his career. That's my player I've remembered to forget. Uh, I got a quick one. Uh because it's still in the season of football and I think about the Cowboys now that they got Amari Cooper. So I decided Ooh. to, I, I decided to kind of look up Roy Williams, who was kind of Jerry Jones's dud of a trade. Roy was part of that receiver class in 2004 for the Matt Millen era that just kept drafting a wide receiver in each of the first rounds. He had his moment in the sun with the lions. Uh, he was productive then mm-hmm. in 2000 or with the Cowboys. In 2008, he traded with the Cowboys, yeah. and he was traded for a first round, a third round, or a sixth rounder, um, and then you know they sent some compensation, and he uh, yeah. got a six-year, $54 million contract, and it just went nowhere fast. Um, there was really no, no big gain, no big boon, no big impact. He was consistent, and then eventually – he was inconsistent, and then eventually – they drafted Des Bryant, and he was released, and he went to the uh, to the Chicago Bears on a one-year deal. He retired in 2012. Looking at, per Wikipedia, so our other non-sponsor sponsor, I guess, <laughs> yeah. um, right now he returned home to Odessa, Texas, where he started an oil field trucking company, tapping into the boom going on in West Texas. So that means he's making more money, probably, than in the future than when he made his entire NFL career. So good for him. That's my player that we forgot. Mm-hmm. The Beverly Hillbillies of... Of the NFL. Wait, where is he from? Uh, oh no, he's he's from uh, Odessa, Texas. Anyways, okay, yeah. all right, cool. Anybody, Andrew? Uh, I forgot to remember somebody to forget. <laughs> you want to come back to it or or not? Nah? nah, I'll think of someone next week. Okay, you'll think of someone next week. Okay. Um, finally, I will remember. I will remember to forget somebody next week. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right, let me, uh, let's see if this will work. I'm trying to get it to switch. Come on now. All right, so uh, we're coming down to the wire here. So we're going to play a new, new, semi-new segment now. Uh, guess that college team name. So, like I said, there's, my favorite thing. there's about like, like 80, 80 college basketball games on right now <laughs> between men's and women's. So... Obviously, you have the you know big conferences and everything like that, but then you have all those 
little tiny schools all sprinkled all over this this great country of, of the United States and and so we kind of like to um, like pose the name of the school and then see if we can guess what they are so I, I guess I'll look at it um, so Although we usually I'm the one guessing them yeah so we uh, okay I'm gonna here's the first one this is a game that's going on right now American University guys who is it what's their what's their nickname that's a good one revolutionaries yeah kind of close i mean it it is something like you know patriotic eagles there you go yeah (laughs) american university eagles winning 84 to 69 nice against the saint francis none you're gonna guess friars no not even close uh, think uh, DC superheroes. <laughs> Saint Francis Batman. Oh, oh. No, no. We we petition for them to change their name to become the Batman. <laughs> well, it's not the Aquaman, that's for sure. Uh, it the is. Flash? Oh yeah, it's the Red Flash. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay, Appalachian State. I know this one, so I'll let you guys guess. Oh, I'm. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at it right now, so I I can't. I, I kind of want to call them the Apaches, but I don't know if that's just on a gut feeling. But I know I'm wrong. But I'm gonna call them the Apaches. Is okay. Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Yeah. There okay. Go. How? Okay. The Howard. Wait, their name. Oh, is I should know this. I think one. this is Howard University, but uh, I'm not right. I'm not sure. Uh, Bulldogs. No, no. Think more bovine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bulls? No, but you're getting close down the bovine category. Just think of big hulking animals. <laughs> the oxens. Uh, no, 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 not an ox. Obviously, this is a... Uh, I need to improve in this game. Um, <laughs> I don't know if our viewers can, can guess it either, but... should do a prize if they can guess it. Okay. Uh, Anyone want to take a... Well, let's come back to Howard. Okay, so Uh, if anybody guesses Howard, we'll see it on the screen. Okay, but this is easy. Boston College. (laughs) The Eagles. Yeah, they're... they're, (laughs) There you go, Charles. They're winning 71-70 to over the Providence. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Providence what? Friars. Okay, Providence Friars. There you go. All right, Cincinnati. Bearcats. All right, winning 72-54 to 54 over the Northern Kentucky. I, wow, I didn't even know this school existed. I only <laughs> know this. Oh, this and uh, BU, Mr. Canada, has Howard. It is the Bison. There you go. Very good. I, I, ah, dang, I, I knew that. Um, the only reason I know... NKU is because one of my friends from law school went there for undergrad. It's the Norsemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Northern Kentucky is Norse. There you go. All right, so uh, oh, this is easy. Clemson. Tigers. <laughs> there you go, Charles. <laughs> I'm giving him the softballs here. 50... You, see, you, see, you see a bias there? <laughs> Winning fifty six to fifty six, or no, they're they're tied fifty six fifty six against the Saint Peters. Saint Peter Peters. 
by Chaz Michael Michaels. Well, the- you got the first um, first syllable right with P. Saint Peter Paul. No, I mean P. I, P is the first syllable. It is, but you got P for the P something. What is it? I feel like you're spoon fear the Pauls. I'm going with it. Oh no. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I've got nothing. Let's throw that to the to the audience. All right, St. Peter's. We'll we'll see if anybody guesses their name. Uh, all right. So the Davidson. Uh, feline. Think of feline. If I have to give you a, a clue. There's Does lots of felines. Davidson. Like I feel like I should know this. I think Steph Curry went to Davidson. Yeah. Ah, that's right. That is yeah, right. That I remember. The, the team itself, not so much. Okay. I was going to say Flyers, but that's Dayton. No. Yeah, that's the, which actually was the next team, uh, the next game that I was going to say, but. Um, I guess I ruined that. Well, the, yeah, the Dayton Flyers are there, but. Okay, but. Okay, Davidson Blanks are winning 87 to 75 over the Winthrop. I don't even know where these places are. Ooh, I don't know Winthrop. Eagles? Throw that one. Oh, he got Winthrop. it. There it is. Well, Charles got it. He got Eagles. We went the Winthrop Eagles. I was like, oh. <laughs> I think they had something in either NIT or in the something like a couple years back. That's where they came up. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Wildcats. BU said it shares a nickname with a certain SEC Shooty Hoops powerhouse. <laughs> so I'm uh, gonna guess Wildcats. There you go, dude. There you go, Davidson Wildcats. Okay, uh, okay, the Dayton Flyers, 76 to 50, winning right now over the Detroit. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, it's not the Red Wings, and they're beating my Lightning right now, so want, want. I actually wanted the Lightning win that game. So do I. <laughs> the Panthers are winning 4 nothing against the Bruins. Whoa, mm-hmm. that is good. Um, all right. Uh, what was the team again? Detroit? Detroit. Um, think Greek mythology. <laughs> the Harrows. No, no. So, something more common after that. Uh, uh, Denzel Washington. What? It's a clue. Denzel Washington. Think sports movie with Denzel Washington in it. Oh, Titans. He got game. I'm going on Jesus Shuttles. You got depends on what kind of Denzel movie you like. So okay, both So is it Titans? Yeah, it is the Titans. All right. Um, okay. Mm. The uh, the LaSalle. Are you sure that's not dinner? No, not the. No, it's not. But it's the LaSalle. Think um, Ford SUVs. <laughs> F-150s? No, S- <laughs> SUV. That, that, that's not a pickup truck. Escape? Nope. You're, you're getting close. Mikey, Maine is the Black Bears. Yeah, it is. Well, that too. Actually, they were, <laughs> they were the next game on the list, so he's actually ahead of me. <laughs> uh, my guess is he's watching the, the scroll right now. Yeah. Okay, so the so La- LaSalle? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got no clue. Okay, I'll leave it open. 
Uh, but uh, the clue is uh, Ford SUV uh, versus the Bucknell, and we've said this before. Uh, it's it, uh, it's a it's a name we've we've said before. The Bucknell. It's Bison. There you go. That is. Yeah, Bison are winning seventy nine to sixty eight versus LaSalle. Okay. Um, Remember the main. Interesting. Ah. Okay, so yeah, Maine Black Bears fifty two forty seven over the Fordham Rams. Nice, dude. Fifty two forty seven. Okay, Holy Cross. We've come to them before. <laughs> I, I was trying to help. By the time <laughs> input, you guys finally got it. Do okay. You, can you? Do you guys know what LaSalle is? Yeah, I, a Ford Where SUV was the you? clue. Ford SUV. Eventually, by the by March Madness, we're gonna know all these teams. Exactly. <laughs> so that. Uh, well, so what was the team this time? No, no Bucknell are, are the, the F those a holes in their fun house of horrors. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. All right. So Fordham. Uh, we already said Fordham. Holy Cross. We actually got this before. Andrew, or we actually talked about it before. Um, they're the Crusaders. Okay, Massachusetts. What are they? You actually, Charles, you were pretty close with one of your guesses earlier. For which one? For Mass? Well, for, from a private? Well, a nickname that you used earlier. For Holy Cross? guessed earlier was fairly close to what UMass is. Oh, Musketeers, Mountaineers, Revolutionaries. You're close. You're, you're Revolutionaries there. is close. Yeah. Is right. it Expedition? No, it's not the Expedition. You're, you're still close. It, it, has, it is X. It is X something. Explorers? There you go. Explorers. There, we're, there, there we are. And Shin got shout, it. Shout out, to our, sh- shout out to our sponsors, Ford. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. All right, so. But anyway, right, the Shin got it. The answer is the Minutemen. Yeah. That's why I, uh, you were close when you said revolutionaries. All right. If you said Fallout, I would have gotten in a heartbeat. <laughs> I don't play Fallout. The, the Fallout Pip Boys. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, um, the Notre Dame. Come on, Charles, you got this. Fighting Irish. <laughs> uh. yeah, it's the fighting, <laughs> fighting Russell Crows. Um, uh, okay, versus the Oklahoma. The, the Fallout. The, the, this is almost a college, college football playoff here. <laughs> I said so. we're good. We're good. Okay, Mikey, come on. You got this. The Oklahoma what? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know what's going to happen. What? I'll start it off, I guess. The fallout refunds. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Boomer sooner. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, and that, yeah, now we're getting to more common names. You know, Indiana Hoosiers, Penn State, Nittany Lions. Let's get a team that nobody. Okay, Youngstown State. Penguins. Okay. All right. Um, uh, the Bradley. Bradley Beals. 
It's a dog, right? It starts with a B. That you got close. It starts with a Beagle? B. No, it's not a dog. It's uh, uh, I guess something that's not PC anymore. Oh, right, the Braves. All right, there you go, dude. There you are. All right, uh, I'm trying to find a really weird one, like a really like out of nowhere. Oh, the Campbell. Here's one. Campbell. Oh, the camels. How'd you get that? <laughs> the, the Campbell fighting. They're the fighting camels, actually. All right, they're not just okay, any, so I was... they're not just any old camels. They're not docile. They're they're fighting camels. Okay, they're fighting camels. Okay, so you don't want to mess with them. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's find some really weird ones. When you when you've run college football trivia for three years, <laughs> you you pick up on some. Stuff. Do they have a college football team? They might. The FCS. Sure, you you find a lot of. When you're doing research, you find out a lot of this information. Okay. Uh, let's find a really weird one. Uh, all these teams have like... Oh, the Centenary. Centenary? Yeah, Centenary. Okay. The Sentinels? Nope. Nope. That would be fantastic. Nope. Yeah. It, it would... Sentinels? Nope. It has nothing to do with... Cent... No Senta whatevers. It's, it's, it's really out there. It's not... It's really uncommon. These guys are horrible. Oh, they have a flare on RCFB. Oh, good to know. The, the fighting camels. Ah, okay. Uh, I think this will be the last one of the night. So if you guys can guess this one, Centenary. Canaries. Uh, that that would make sense too, but it's it just and they're and they're yeah, but no, it's not. Well, I, as you can tell by my track record in this game, have no clue at all. Okay, well. Um, we'll throw this real quick to uh, the audience. Can anyone? And they do. It? Okay, they have a flare on there too. But uh, if nobody can guess it, I'll give it out, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll have our, our closings. All right, BU, what you got? Ten seconds. Ten. Well, you nine. have to give it like twenty seconds to allow for. Okay, fine, fine. Twenty seconds. Uh, Centurion, that would make sense too, but it it it, 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 it the gentleman, there it is. Really? Yeah, the centenary, <laughs> centenary gentleman. Even though we've given them all kinds of names that would make more illiterate sense, uh, uh, they are the gentlemen. So to these gentlemen, thank you for for stopping by. Uh, um, this is the end of the eighth episode of Sports Goose, so I thank you to, to Andrew and Charles for joining me and for not being near me while I can get them sick. Ooh, before we go, what's the score in the football game? Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a, a football game in the background. Uh, let's let's call a winner, a winner here. Let's see. First down, we've got... Uh, the, ooh, UCF is beating Miami 60-55. to 55. Okay. How much time? With left. seven seconds left, so let's let's see how this plays out. Okay, in right, the fourth gonna... quarter, UCF has the ball, so I think they should just knee it, right? <laughs> they're not going to kneel down. They're actually just going to keep running the play. So four seconds. Uh, any closing comments, you guys? It's always fun to goof around with you guys. Watch sports, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, game is over. <laughs> All right, UCF, way to go! So they they pulled off the upset. Uh, Mark Rift is definitely getting fired after that. Uh <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll we'll try to have another episode uh, next week and some more stuff to talk about. Uh, this is that stuff that you'll see on the screen is for YouTube. Our last episode on the top left. Uh, playlist of our past stuff in the top right. We do have a Patreon page, uh, Patreon.com/sportsgoof, so we can actually afford to uh, not have this computer explode. <laughs> for our next podcast and then some other random stuff on the bottom right so take care everyone have a good night and, and before we go my weekly tradition uh a goodbye in another language zaijian which is chinese take care everyone bye 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 everybody. good night <laughs>